Hi, we're here for the fifth episode of Redbrick Recap, starting off semester two. And today we're going to be talking about the concept of wellness and well-being, which is something which has been um, rising in the media, but also especially important considering the year we've all just had and the um, sort of situation of the country at the moment. So we'd like to talk about the positives of focusing on your well-being but also maybe the darker side of um, performative wellness. So we're joined by Freya from Common, Izzy from Food and Drink and Daniela um, from Scientech. So Izzy would you like to start us off with your take on the concept? Um, yeah I would love to. Um, so I think obviously when we think of wellness I think food and drink is one of the like first things that people think about um but it can also be something that becomes quite stressful like what you were just saying about performative wellness I think that that can be a real issue with it and I think in a time like this food and drink has so many chances to just bring like pure joy into your life so I think that that's like the thing that we all need to be focusing on right now um like you know in Selly Oak there are still so many different things that you can do like you can get takeaway food there's so many places doing takeaway um you know, you can go out for a walk and get a coffee, that kind of thing, like things that will give you study breaks um, and like nice quality time around Birmingham when there's not really that much else to do. I think that's a really because I think a lot of people are worrying about like wasting a year in a city that's such an exciting place to be. And actually, even though restaurants aren't open, you can still get um, your like foodie experience around different places. Like, um, is it Cafe Neon in um Bourneville is such a cute place to go and get a coffee um and I think that those kind of little things and like dates with your housemates and that kind of thing are so important right now um another thing that I think is su such a great thing to do with food and drink right now is like celebrate all of the every different day there's a new international food day like last week we had international pizza day so I made pizzas with my family because I'm living at home right now. And then, you know, we've got pancake day next week. Um, so I've, we've got a new pancake recipe coming out very soon that I've written recently, like lots of different toppings. Um, and I think that those are really great ways to like make when every day starts to feel the same. You can use really exciting meals and like food celebrations to make the days feel different and exciting. Um, yeah and I think my main thoughts on food and drink at the moment are just like be very kind to yourself like do what your body needs and what it's asking for um you know like if you feel like eating pesto pasta for five days in a row you do that <laughs> and that is not coming from personal experience um you know that I think there's so much pressure to like be productive in lockdown and make a banana bread of every single day um and post it on Instagram and make a really big deal out of it but actually I think food and drink is a really personal thing when it comes to well-being and I also think it can be one of the best things for well-being at the moment so yeah I also think um food and drink is such a good bonding experience like like you said you made pizzas with your family like whether you're with your housemates and Sally or your family's at home I think um yeah themed nights or just something to bring us all together obviously with the people that you live with um go by the rules everyone but um yeah I think that's really good um even walking to the shop getting ingredients for a dinner and then coming back and making it as a group it's just so much fun I think um yeah in a time where we're all being encouraged to like do things by ourselves and keep distance from everyone I think 
doing things with the people you live with as much as possible is um so that's a good shout i think um should we yeah daniela over the first lockdown one of the like kind of theme nights that me and my family did was we did a come dine with me so once a week one of us would like decorate the kitchen and we'd cook a starter main and a dessert and it would all be themed like my brother did star trek theme um we had an italian night we i did an eco-friendly night and yeah let's that kind of thing is so much fun and it just gave us something to look forward to at the end of the week so it wasn't just about the food it was about like the social experience like you were talking about Daisy like it was about like connecting with each other and just actually have it because we did things like we had little quizzes to do and like just little things to fill the time that normally maybe if you like just put a microwave meal in you don't there's no way of like extending that kind of time, especially when we've got so much of it on our hands at the moment. Yeah, definitely, Daniela. And I like the fact that everyone's come up with really positive things about food because one issue with the kind of wellness, well-being trend is that it gets confused for kind of um, restricted eating, which can trigger eating disorders like orthorexia. And I've definitely had my experience when I was younger of restricted eating. So when lockdown hit, it was like, the only thing you can schedule in your day is meals and it I think there was a lot on the internet about people being like I don't want to put on weight during lockdown and obviously it's been like a year since then now so we're in a very different position but yeah it's definitely important to just eat what you want to and appreciate the food because it's one of the only sort of things to be able to do um, and also to not confuse healthy food because with um just just purely eating you know fruit and veg because that's actually very not healthy at all because I feel like physically healthy food isn't always the same as like mentally healthy eating so yeah I definitely agree with that um Daniela would you like to speak about a sort of more sci-tech approach to well-being and how you can use um scientific studies to sort of find ways to help yourself at this time yeah definitely so with science, science tech, there's so much out there that people think, like you just said, healthy food is fruit and vegetables. And that's the kind of thing we've been told forever, like your little eating plates that you get shown when you're like 12. The biggest parts are like fruit and veg. And obviously that's brilliant, but like we do have to take into account things like... Um, like making sure you have enough sugar in your diet and possibly the right kinds of sugar and like it depends on the type of person you are like I often get um low blood sugar levels so I have to sometimes have a little bit more sugar than normal and things like that so I think that kind of thing can be really important like you just need to know what kind of body you've got to be able to, to like scientifically know what to eat like there's no there's no set method for anybody it's more about knowing your body I think and yeah and with science a lot of people think that exercise is the best way forward and of course it is but you have to find a balance I think so um places like Healthline the online website they're great for telling you like studies about how much exercise is good for you so in terms of running um 
running every day can be really good for you in the long run running can um it stimulates your endorphins and it, they're the happy hormones and that increases your um mental health but at the same time there's always a risk of exercise addiction so those happy endorphins that are released some people find that they get attached to that feeling of being pumped up after exercise particularly high like cardio things like like running that get you that get your heart rate going so you have to be careful like exercise addiction it's you have to just find the balance before you kind of get there because like there is a pressure to stay fit in lockdown like we've all had our joe wicks sessions and we've all done things like that and i think particularly for me like i was running a lot before lockdown and then i got injured so i couldn't and that was because i increased my running too quickly so things like if you exercise too much there's always a risk of certain things happening like with running you often i've had gin splint i've had runner's knee and that's all from not pacing myself well and there's all sorts of problems that can come with it so it is always about finding the balance between the right food the right amount of exercise so they typically say two and a half hours a week of something like cardio workout is is recommended because if you do too much then you risk these injuries and you you risk burnout too like particularly with us being at uni like if we're up until late at night trying to finish a deadline and then we want to go running for two hours the next day, you're going to risk burnout. And it's just not worth it for the, for the mental capacity either, I don't think. I found as well, like, um, just like with term starting and like modules starting up again, and obviously deadlines are far away off because you've only started term, but just like trying to structure your day, I think, because we've had lockdown, which was for me I don't know like a lot of pretty empty days where I have like could fill them with stuff like exercise or baking stuff like that I think like restarting a term and trying to keep things like exercise and baking up is quite hard and I think it's the fact that some weeks you know you might have lighter reading for a module or lighter work to do at home so you can you know do more in those weeks and then other weeks you might just have to park it and focus on other things and I think um yeah like at this lockdown sort of taught me that like it's okay like not to you know be so productive all the time um and yeah I think social media played into that as well but um that's another issue for another podcast Freya do you want to give the comments perspective on wellness and well-being yeah so in terms of like comment I guess just generally taking a kind of two-sided approach um So from like the advantages side, I would say that like at its root, I think that wellness is really healthy. Um, It's like a way to treat yourself, treat your body, um, like treat yourself with respect and with love. Um, Because I think a lot of it involves like putting time aside for yourself um, at its core, like with the food, with the exercise. um, And then with different things like journaling or meditating, like all of those acts in terms like 
involve putting time aside for your own mental health and then encouraging yourself to like focus on your own mental health um and I think one of the main advantages of wellness is just how adaptable it is so like how personalized it can be so for my own personal experience it's something that's very much developed in the last like year two years for me that I I've always journaled and like I've always really enjoyed food and like eating but I think in the last year and a half I've like taken up meditating I've started working out more I've started putting more effort into my meals and all of those things I feel like have really benefited my well-being um but then on the other hand I think that wellness can become quite obsessive and unhealthy at least I've had like times where I've been like oh god I haven't meditated today and it suddenly becomes like something on your to-do list which I think can be quite problematic um and also one of the main things that I think it's good to be wary of is that like the wellness industry is now a trillion dollar industry so a lot of wellness is now just commodified and it's very easy for like all these aesthetic wellness apps or meditation apps to like pull you in and convince you that that's going to fix all your problems um and same with like food like meal plans and exercise plans like when it's prettily packaged um because there are 4.2 trillion dollars in it it's very easy to like become obsessive um and obviously like we talked about exercise can become obsessive as can like healthy eating um and it's also good to use it to as like a benefit to your life not as something that you think is going to fix all your problems so I've had like an experience before where somebody literally I told them that I was like not feeling great and they were like oh have you been doing like your meditating and journaling and I was like yeah but that doesn't mean that I'm like not sad um so I think remembering that it's not like going to fix all your world problems and just remembering that it's about small things that maybe make a day that is a bit bad just a little bit better um, and also the last thing is recognizing like the privilege that comes with that so um, obviously wellness can take up a lot of time and also a lot of money um, like I know my own wellness like I pay for headspace which is a meditation app I have like a really nice journal which I journal in and then it all takes time as well um, time to exercise time to cook nice meals so I think wellness as well needs to not be seen only as like things that take this huge amount of time but being able to see like that if we meditate for five minutes a day and cook like a quick meal rather than having a microwave meal that those that that still counts as wellness wellness doesn't have to be like a two-hour yoga class or a two-hour session at the gym um so yeah that would be kind of balanced comment approach I really like your point about the wellness industry as well because I think we've all given examples of like walks, cook a meal with your friend, write a diary, which are all things which are fairly accessible. And I was reading um, about wellness the other day and the article was saying really interesting things about representation for working class women or women of colour. And then at the end of the article, it was just advertising all these gadgets that apparently help your wellness, like a $350 Apple Watch. Um, and it's just the absolute kind of gap between using well-being as a brand, which you see plastered all over LinkedIn, like it's now the new corporate 
jargon is all about your well-being but still being this product of capitalism I don't know has anyone ever seen um like the goop lab which was Gwyneth Paltrow's show on Netflix um it was just it was so funny because yeah like she just absolutely capitalizes that on that and has made this massive industry just by you know profiting off people's kind of issues maybe I guess what do, what were you gonna say Freya have you seen it <laughs> yeah I have but I I was just gonna say that the commodification of it like I think it is really toxic in some ways but I also think that like we shouldn't necessarily demonize it altogether because I know as well that like spending money on things for your wellness like a meditation app or like I don't know a nice candle um or a yoga class or an exercise class like those things genuinely can really help and if you're going to spend your money on something I think those are beneficial ways to put your money it's just when it like the suggestion that that's the only way that you can participate in wellness but I also do think that there is um almost a demonization in some aspects of like commodifying wellness being like oh well you shouldn't be spending money on like just these silly gadgets like but I don't think that it's all bad at least from my own personal experience I've really enjoyed my bougie journal and my meditation app I agree I think there's definitely I mean there's always two sides to the coin isn't there but I think having things that are special to you that you know go along with your with the wellness part of your life or I think even just like the whole meditation thing I've never really done it but I've always it's, again it's been on my to-do list which is such a harmful phrase but it's been something that I've been meaning to get into which after the months of lockdown that we've had seems ridiculous to say but anyway um and yeah I think like I've heard the wealth of benefits and I've heard that it doesn't work for some people and like that's okay that doesn't take anything away from you know the aspects of meditation as a thing and I think again I think all of these points today have been like alleviating the pressure of like off well-being and just like how just it's it needs to be a part of your life but it also doesn't need to be you know that big of a part of your life and like that's okay Izzy um I was just thinking I think you're so right like about you don't have to buy into every trend and also just because it works for some people doesn't mean it'll necessarily work for you like I also have the Headspace app and at first I was like this is just not going to work for me but actually I love it but I also don't think I use it necessarily in the way that a lot of very dedicated like mindfulness um users would use it like I use it for they have really short like five minute meditation sessions that you can do rather than like whereas they do have these like really long courses where you're doing like 10 20 minutes a day which really doesn't feel like much but actually when you start doing that long I found I was definitely making it a to-do list thing so I was like right that's 20 minutes of my day like where am I going to fit that in where am I going to do it whereas they've got like five minute ones so I think it's all about like curating your like wellness to how it's going to suit you I think that also the big one for me is um the app that I have deleted the fastest after going onto it was Strava um like because it's this like running app and it tracks well it tracks your like running your walking your cycling that kind of thing and I went I downloaded it because I just wanted to see how far I was running and I realized that everyone I know is on it and like you like add people and like you can just see what everyone is doing all the time and it just becomes like this for me for me it just was like 
a, a like well-being disaster because it you know like seeing what everyone else is doing all the time was so stressful but then I downloaded like the Nike run app and I use that just to like see how far I'm going or that kind of thing and I don't have anyone I know on that app so that's great so I do think like so much of well-being is about like finding exactly what works for you because I'm sure some people will have the Strava app and love it but it just yeah it wasn't for me <laughs> yeah I have the Strava app and I I quite like it in the sense that occasionally you get kudos which is like a like so you know that someone like it's quite nice when particularly if it's someone that you don't see very often as sort it like they're like maybe a little it feels like they're a little bit proud of you for going out on that run like for me that's always like slightly uplifting when someone does that to me so I do quite like the Starava app but at the same time I really don't have many friends on it I don't know loads of people that do exercise it's, it's quite a limited amount of people so I think if you can limit if you know that you have um friendship group or know some people that are like very into their fitness and you're not at that stage then maybe if you don't add that kind of person your feed and you keep it to people at the same kind of level as you then I think there's something collective about the Strava app that's like you see other people doing it and it somewhat motivates you or you I've had it where I've seen my friend do do a run and she's posted a picture because like there's a there's a, um, a feature that you can add pictures to your runs or your um cycles and things and I'm like oh it looks like she's had a really beautiful day because the sun is shining and things like that and sometimes it can be really sweet I think you really do just have to find the right people to have on it that are possibly at the same kind of stage as you are so that you don't feel that pressure to be as good as other people or things like that I think one thing always to consider with any form of apps is the idea of gamification, which basically makes anything which gets put into sort of like an app or game form. We feel like a failure if we don't get like the win. So I've had a Fitbit for years. And when I was younger, I, I did like chaotic things to get 10k steps each day. I used to walk around whilst reading in my bedroom just to try and get my 10k steps this is when I was like 16 and um honestly the last year was the year when I really just stopped caring because the whole idea of the 10k steps was made up by a Japanese business in the 90s it's not like a real scientifically proven thing um and I some days I get like 12k if I go on a long walk some days I get 2k like and I just I feel like I finally have just kind of stopped caring about that. So that's the important thing to, it's really good to help you. Like things like Headspace are amazing. Um, and it's everyone's own choice, what they have from it, but not feeling like a failure if you just can't one day, you know, definitely. What do you want to say, Freya? Um, I just wanted to say with Headspace, a quick note to say that if you can get it with a student Spotify account. So um that is just a student recommendation that I think is very worthwhile. Um, and yeah, I think definitely what you were saying about the gamification is very true because I have it with like, even with Headspace, when I like lose my streak of like meditation days, I'll feel really upset about it. But then equally on the other hand, I think it's as long, if you can kind of keep that in perspective, it can also be helpful because I don't know, for me, like one of my biggest achievements of 2020 that I was so proud of was that I did a hundred days of meditation, like, 
And I had that like when it rolled around on the 100 day streak. And I was so proud of that. And I think that to track things like that are quite beneficial because if I hadn't been aiming for that 100 days, I probably would have just like taken a week off. But that kept me doing it. And then it's almost like a like a fake it till you make it thing of like, I was doing it to get the streak, but then you get the benefits of meditation from doing it every day. Um, so for me, it's definitely helpful because when I'm not on a streak, I'll notice myself like not meditating for a week and then it will make a difference. Um, I think that reminds me of, has anyone seen those, um, that like TikTok trend of people who like journal and you have like, what's it called? Like a, a habit tracker and you can like mark down when you've done things on a certain day. And I actually think I've never done it, but I think it sounds like quite an interesting way of working it could be a really great way of working out like what works for you and working out what your like wellness routine should be because I think you can like you could write down like if you've meditated one day and if you've like how much water you've drunk that day or like really silly things like did you watch a tv show for fun did you read a book for fun like anything like that did you phone a friend today did you phone your mum today and you can like track them and then also track how you felt that day and I think that that's quite an interesting way of looking at it, because I think ultimately, like the reason why the well-being trend is so controversial is because there is no like one set way of doing it that will work for everyone. So I think it's like it's always going to be a work in progress for everyone. So we all just need to work out like what's going to work best for us and what's going to make us feel good and happy. Yeah. I've um, written my diary every single day for five years now and it's so helpful because it just helps me fall asleep at the end of the day because I've already processed everything that happened so that would definitely be like my just cheap tip because I am um, I don't actually write it in paper I type it up so I've like I've got the entire document saved um, but that would be my tip for just like if anyone needs just one thing to add to their routine is that would everyone like to give their suggestion of what like they find really helpful Freya do you want to go first I absolutely second that I have been journaling since June 2010 um and I'm now on my third journal and I haven't done it every day like I accidentally skipped the whole of 2013 um which is unfortunate but it's now something like like it's completely evolved because like in 2010, I'd be like, today I did this and then I did this. And now I do like journal prompts and like gratitude journaling and habit tracking and also just like loads and loads of pages of my feelings. Um, but that alongside like meditation are definitely the two things that have very much keep my mental health steady. <laughs> On, on the journaling point, like, I used to be quite bad with myself in the sense that I'd want to journal every day, but that, for me, that's not realistic, because sometimes, particularly if I journal at night, it means that all those, even though I've got them down on paper, it means that all those thoughts are in, are like, at the forefront of my mind, so I find that it doesn't help with my sleep, or if I do it in the morning, it can sometimes, like, just affect the rest of my day. So I, I find there's like positive and positive and negative points when I'm journaling. But one of the things I've found is like if I can't make myself journal or I'm not in the mood for it for a week or um I don't know a few days or two weeks or I, I've gone like three or four months without journaling. And I, instead of like writing a date, I'll often write recently 
so I'll catch up on all the like all the things that stand out to me in that time that I've been away from my journal so it's not like I'm talking if sometimes I feel if I write Thursday the 21st of whatever or whatever I feel the need to talk about the things that happened most recently and the things that have happened to me that day rather than the things that have like had a more long-standing effect so I sometimes think that doing small things like that like changing your like title kind of thing can be really beneficial and that something that I've never done myself but that I got a tip from a friend who journals and sometimes that I find particularly when I first started journaling I had a fear of like judging my own writing and like reading it back later on and being like oh that was so stupid why was I worrying about that or why did I write that that was that is so not important anymore and like I I judged myself for the things that I was bothered about at the time and one thing that my friend does is so that she can't understand it when she goes back to it if she ever does she simply writes the first letter of each word so when she goes back it's just a complete just set of random random letters so it makes no sense so there's no you can't fear that you you're gonna judge yourself or that someone might find it and read it because that like particularly when you're really young like that can be a really bad fear that someone's going to come and find your journal and find out who your crush is and that kind of thing and I feel like that kind of thing still does like reverberate like I do sometimes think like if I write something extra personal in my journal like oh I don't really want someone to read that and what if like they just happen to find my book and don't know my journal and that kind of thing so I think doing doing one letter at a time can it can be really helpful and also she finds that if she's in a really bad space it helps her to get all her feelings out really really quickly because it's obviously quicker than writing full sentences so I think that's a really interesting tip that I probably would recommend just talking about somebody finding your journal I had a very traumatic experience when I was like 12 years old and I walked into my sister's room to find her and her friends all on the floor laughing at my diary um and it was really not a fun experience. I mean, luckily there was nothing juicy in it when I was 12 years old, but um, yeah, that was quite a traumatic experience. So hide your journal. That sounds harrowing. Um, 12 year old me would have probably never recovered from that. Um, my favorite or wellbeing tip um, is I think I just love a walk. Like if it's not raining, I think rain is where I draw the line, but pretty much any other type of weather, I will bundle up if it's cold, um, get my headphones on if no one wants to come with me or grab a housemate and just talk crap the whole time. And it's just so therapeutic, I think, to do a little loop around Selly or Cannon Hill Park really nearby and see all the little dogs on their walks. And that is like, I will usually try to fit about two or three of those into my um, day or even if on my walk home, just like take a bit of a longer route, take a picture of the sky if it looks pretty. I don't know, that's just one of my favorite it's very simple very achievable um yeah that's my little tip um my tip is short and probably cheesy but I will never forget one of my best friends saying this to me once because I'm such a like panicker about things and I overdo things a lot and she said to me pick your rest days or your body will pick them for you and I just think that's if that's not a good well-being tip then what is so yeah <laughs> that is lovely Izzy so thank you so much guys it's been really interesting to have lots of different opinions on well-being and 
I hope just anyone listening takes just one thing with them, which will help them in their day. Um, so I'm going to go treat myself to a chai tea, I think. <laughs> That's my little treat yourself today. But yeah, bye everyone. And we will see you again soon.